Hi, Peter Borker here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now joining me today in the studio is Ben Keltner, who is CEO of Winalytics and author of the Revenue Acceleration Playbook. Welcome, Brent. Thank you, Peter. Really glad to be here. Now, great to have you here. And today, it would really be good to discuss really a slightly different approach to selling, and that's talking about customer successes, because most people spend their time pushing their product or pushing their service, and they don't necessarily talk enough about their customer wins. Why do you believe that's crucial to success today? Yeah, what, what do you, if you think about the way the human brain is wired, right? When somebody makes a statement to us, our brain is naturally wired to resist. Whereas if you lead a person, right, to their own statement, then they believe it and own it more. So you said it very well, the old world of selling is product-driven selling and in a world that's really, really noisy, internet, social media, emails, coming at people, phone, everything, are, we're naturally very resistive. Right. But when you lead with stories about how you've been more successful with peers or questions, if people are working with a problem, you spark natural interest in them. Hey, could they make me more successful? And when you lead with stories of your peer, there's a very subtle but powerful shift that happens in the conversation from you and me, right, buyer, vendor, to we, who are peers thinking about solving a common problem. Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think that perhaps people shy away from sharing customer successes? I, I think, honestly, Peter, it's um, one of the things we say is most of you don't know your Success stories because you'd never ask. If you honestly, you go, if you're an early growth company and you only have 10 customers, if you're a bigger company, you have 50 hundreds of customers. If you just go to your top two or three and you say, I'd love to set a time to hear what's working for you, you know, where are you getting the most value? And you also want to put a question, is there anything we could do better? So it's not just to celebrate, but it's a a learn opportunity, and you go to that conversation uh, and you just ask them, hey, what was it like before? What's it like now? So problem solution and what results are you realizing? And then if you're having a really good conversation, you can say, and are the, is there anybody like you, you know, any peers that you think that have a similar problem that might be interested in having a relationship with us? And as you talked about, in a really challenging market environment, doing more with our existing customers, which can come out of those conversations, uh, and referral selling, getting references, two most powerful ways of breaking through in a difficult market. I think that's one of the things that has been quite challenging is the whole referral marketplace. And perhaps that referral marketplace has changed over the years where before people just thought they're plain old, let's give someone an incentive to refer people in would be enough. I'm starting to see in the marketplace, that's no longer enough. No, it's no, I mean, people are overwhelmed and that's where I think this idea of stories and look, you, you honestly, this is where really strong teams have their customer success teams doing it, right? You, you have your quarterly business review 
and you're already selling, you're already talking about the great things that are going on and how we helped you achieve more revenue or, you know, so the question, the obvious question is, all right, who, who else do you, who's in your peer network that might also benefit? We encourage people to build that question into uh, these outreach where you're doing an, a, a story um, or in, in any customer success call, just a simple question. I ask it all the time, like, who else like you uh, might benefit from the success we've had together? And people love that. They love being able to take their, like, hey, I'm a leader in something, and I want to introduce my friends to something I've done really well. So is that actually a thing now? Because, I mean, it's the first time I've heard that customer success team. I've never come across that before. Uh, well, it, it's in uh, set. We work with a lot of, you know, software as a service companies. And so they almost all have customer success teams. You know, the more traditional is customer service, right? That's just answering questions. Customer success teams in any kind of renewal business, their primary job is, you know, g- implement gauge customer health renew. But then they can also look for incremental upsells, and they're always best positioned to surface expansion opportunities and hand them back to your sales team to commercialize. And that really probably is applicable to most businesses out there, right? It's absolutely applicable to most businesses, right? Even if you have a traditional customer service business, I'm thinking we we did some work with a high-end it was a landscaping service, Iron Tree Services, right? And they were 30% more because then everybody else is going to cut down or prune trees because they had this end-to-end customer experience. It was just exceptional. No hassle. Tree wasn't going to fall on your, on, on your house. You weren't going to leave stuff around. And they would train their people um, at the end, their, their customer service people at the end to ask for that. Uh, you know, is anybody else in your neighborhood that, you know, might have a, a similar need? Right. That's interesting. It's a very simple question, but if you've, if you've got a good rapport, people love to make referrals when they've had a good experience. Huh? So when you gamify it, it kind of commercialize. It's like you want to get, you're, you're trying to commercialize my relationships. So much more authentic way to do it is just say, Hey, you've, You've been a leader in working with our service. You've done a great job of implementing our service. Make them the hero. You know, is there anybody else that might benefit from uh, having a you know similar experience or using a product in a similar way? And I suppose that's more of a targeted question that makes it easier for the customer to think about instead of, is there anybody you know? Because that seems to be the typical referral question. Is there anybody else you know? that can benefit from my service. I mean, that, that totally screws with their brain. That's too much yeah. of a big question for most. Yeah, yeah, and I, I totally agree. And I think it's better as, um, so, um, you know, you, better to target to whatever problem you solve. So that's it. So, I mean, so we're basically we're talking about targeting the successes of our clients and focusing on the problem that we solve with them, which isn't old stuff. Well, it isn't actually new stuff. It's quite old. It's quite the principles of marketing and selling. However, it's actually putting it into the context of the framework. We'll use our customers to really showcase how we've helped them become more successful. And as you say, those stories then encourage other people to say, okay, 
maybe we want some of that success as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the old world is product driven selling, and it's gotten harder and harder and harder. And you know, the data on in the 2010s, a lot of teams doubled down and all the sales methodologies doubled down on the sales team controlling the sale, right? Pitching the product and awful results. I mean, we went from 57% of people on quota to 43%. As vice president of sales tenure went from three years to two years, right? Product-driven selling in this information-rich environment where buyers are in charge has not worked. And the new way is really about starting with your, and even in the sales process, we talk about a success statement that your whole purpose is not to share your product. It's to figure out what problem they're working on. And do they think you're, what would be a more successful future for them? And do they think your product is part of that more successful future? And hearing them tell you how you can make them more successful. So here's a different question for you, because in recent times, I've been hearing a lot from people that the absolutely sell cycle has really sort of lengthened. Yeah. And the decision-making process is a lot slower today than it ever has been, or people have experienced. And I've seen a noticeable slowdown in the decision-making process. Why would you think that possibly is? Yeah, I think, look, I mean, we, we know that uh, there are more and more buyers involved, right? The number, and uh, I think it's Gartner that does work on this. You know, the number of buyers is now in a typical sales process is like eight or nine. And so it's just that that process of, um, you know, getting getting a lot of different perspectives on a problem. Uh, it's honestly that they have so much information that they spend time processing and getting a little bit overwhelmed with the information. Um, it's one of the reasons we think about this idea of getting to a success statement in a first call, and maybe it's a couple of success statements, um, is it helps focus the conversation. I think what we see is sales teams often leave way too much open-ended. You know, there's all kinds of things that we could talk about because we have a really robust solution and there's all kinds of buyers and uh, helping your buyer to prioritize early. Uh, so to give an example, we did work with a company called Mersion. Um, actually, let's take, a, let's take a different example. We did work with a company called Mainstay uh, that has a conversational AI product to help with uh, uh, both yielding college admissions and then keeping, you know, summer melt reducing the amount of summer melt. So keeping students engaged at scale, having a personalized conversation with every single one of them. Uh, and they started by pitching their product and then they moved on to, well, there's six problems we can solve for you on campus. And then guess what? The campus would bring in a bunch of different stakeholders and they'd have multiple, multiple demo to figure out. And what they found is what they needed to do is do a little bit on what is the, you know, 10 minutes, like what are the key campus strategic initiatives that we can point at. And then let's suggest, you know, does would this be most effective with yield or with summer melt or first year retention or recruiting a more diverse student? Which of those problems that we've talked about today, where's the first place you'd want to apply it? And what so they think, found is when they... So you think that information overload slows down the sales process? Information overload slows down the sales process. Do you think and, we're guilty... Brent, do you think we're guilty of giving people too much information now? 100% we, we are. That more is 
better. 100% we are. And I think Forrester, is either Forrester or Gardner did a research study on this just a couple of years ago that 80% of sales teams think you have to share all your product information for the customer to make a good decision. So we just go through our, our checklist of our product. And information with, overload is, is a big problem. And so we need to focus on those pockets of energy. What do they need to solve now? Getting to that success statement around it. Look, write down all the other ones because that's your expansion opportunities. Right. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether with all these tools available to us, whether it's smart links, video and everything, we've just if we were to put it in an old sales pack, it's probably like the size of an old encyclopedia, to be honest with you. And then we wonder yeah, why people that's... become so overwhelmed by the amount of information they're having, they're trying to consume, which is unreasonable. Yeah. And I, and I love the way you said that because the reality is they've already reviewed an encyclopedia of information on the internet and peer review sites like G2 and all these others, like, they already know a ton about us and we show up and give them another tomb of information as opposed to taking that existing tomb and say, hey, what really jumped out at you that could be helpful to you? So it's a simplification right? really, isn't it? And I suppose we're operating on the premise that the internet and everything wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And we're still making the assumption that they haven't got the access to the information it's like, a, it's like we're operating on a 20-year-old outdated model. We're operating on a 20-year-old outdated model where we think our job is to provide information. And really what our job is, is honestly, in every, you have to be a consultant and a trusted advisor in every sales process, helping people focus on the one or two things that really matter. And maybe we forget that the people that are now in part of the buying process tend to be quite young anyway and therefore their ability to find the information is probably far better than our, our ability to give them the information. Yeah, it's a great point. It's interesting. It's point. So if people want to connect with you and really get deeper into this subject and really sort of work out how they get the best out of their customer stories, how do they connect with you? Yeah, I mean, two two ways is they can just go to our, our we have a book that you mentioned at the outset, Authenticity Wins uh, is the book website. So if you just type into your browser, authenticitywins.com, it'll land you right on our book website. And uh, that connects to our, our, our main company website. Uh, you know, I'd encourage them to, there's a, actually a sample of the first chapter of the book on the website. I would just encourage them to start reading about it thinking about you need to shift your mindset from it's about me and my product to it's about my buyer and the one or two problems I can solve for them. Uh, so I'd encourage them to read it. They can also just reach out to me personally at B Keltner, B-K-E-L-T-N-E-R at Winalytics, W-I-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S.com. Uh, I answer emails. Uh, they could also follow me on LinkedIn. I do a lot of posting on this topic free free advice they can get on linkedin and that is it though isn't it i mean it's making sure that you get access to the right advice but most importantly that you act upon it yeah act upon it and acting upon it is key when we think about working with teams we build playbooks but then people have to use the playbooks and they have to come back and we do team learning sessions they have to come back and learn from their team what really worked in my 
story talk track and my customer success statement talk track. So you got to build new muscles. And like in any sport, if you're going to build new muscles, you got to practice. And you're probably going to build them quite fast in this rapidly changing environment. Yeah. Yeah. You got to commit to continually iterating. I mean, honestly, in the old world of selling, you didn't have to be a learner. In the new world of selling, you got to learn about your buyers every day because every buyer is slightly different. It's so true. That is so true. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom today. I really do appreciate it, Brent. Yeah, you no, know, I appreciated the conversation, Peter. If you enjoyed today's enjoyed episode, please make sure that you like it, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, and share it with others so that they can benefit. If you're looking to scale your business, head over to borker.com and get in touch. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. And we've demonstrated that today. So please stay safe. Brent, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peter.